Getting sober was hard enough, but staying sober throughout a global pandemic? Talk about a challenge. On this episode, I talk about staying dry and how I've managed to keep on this path of counting days, not drinking or abusing my body, even as the world begins to slowly open back up. This is the Lucy Beatrix Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Last season, I brought you stories about going from fashion model to running fast and far, or how I went from the covers of magazines to breaking the tape at races here in New York City. This season, there's a whole lot of new stuff coming your way, so make sure you subscribe to the show to get the latest downloads. In this bonus episode today, before I launch into season two, I'm just going to talk candidly or freestyle on a topic that I've touched on in the past two years, and that is my sobriety. Hey guys, uh, yeah, so here's a really off-the-cuff episode uh, between seasons before I launch into season two when I'm going to have a sponsor and all kinds of fun stuff coming your way. So today's more just chatting with you guys. It's been a while. It's been, you know, almost a year since I updated the show, and I figured I'd give you guys a little update on how life has been in the world of recovery or how I've managed to just keep fighting the good fight. And as you know, or maybe you don't know, um, on May 13th, 2019, 796 days ago exactly, I made this choice and I so far have stuck with it and that's to stop drinking. The first year getting sober was totally crazy. Uh, I had to navigate so much. All of these feelings I had been numbing out showed right up, meaning I had to actually sit down and grieve my dad's sudden death. I went through a divorce, which was pretty hard, and I had to learn how to just be a human. That's the only way I can really put it, of just getting my shit together. Things that I hadn't been doing in all of the years that I was spinning my wheels as an alcoholic, things like going to the dentist or just taking care of myself, I had to address and buckle up, put on my big kid pants and face. Even just freaking taxes. Doing taxes was a big thing to navigate as a sober human. So up until the point before I got sober, I had been surviving on very little nutrition. Basically, I drank a couple bottles of red wine a day to keep me going with some some fruit and vegetable tacked on to that but you know I can't I couldn't think of a day that I didn't start my day after black coffee by putting back a bottle of wine and then maybe you know after I was drunk enough I would eat something but most of my caloric intake for so many years was literally alcohol so getting sober was not only just getting my my body rid of ethanol alcohol, but also learning how to fuel and nourish myself, which involved all kinds of learning lessons and, you know, figuring all that out. It was almost like I was reinventing the wheel of learning how to just eat without having, you know, without being drunk. So this decision in my life when I had my rock bottom, which I've described before in different pieces, you know, if you read my Tracksmith article about getting sober, or if you listen to any of my older episodes on my show, I had a bona fide rock bottom where I really screwed my life up. I pretty much did all of the things 
I did all the bad stuff that I did all this bad stuff that left me um, at a completely terrible, terrible place. And um, I literally was like lying in a bathtub with my nose bleeding and it was like five or six in the morning. And my poor ex-husband was he was my husband at the time. He was just like, Lucy, what the hell? What have you done? And I'm like, yeah, I need to I need to clean up my act like this is it. And so that was the day that I called up a friend and was like, hey, I think I need to get into recovery or meetings or something. Like, I, I just need help. And she told me the famous words that were um, well, famous to me, but she said, you don't have to feel this way anymore. You do not have to have this feeling ever again. Um, come with me to a meeting. And that was that. That was the first day I ever went to um, the program, as we call it, the secret society or whatever you want to say, because, you know, it's anonymous. But um, yeah, so I made made the choice to get sober that day. And that day is forever going to be my day one. That was my 24 hours, uh, first 24 hours sober in as long as I could remember. So in my adult life, I mean, so yeah, it was a big moment. Uh, what I specifically want to touch on though today is more of not just that first year of getting sober where I was going to meetings and stuff, but how I stayed sober during the freaking pandemic, because holy crap, I had been new to the program. I think I had almost, um, I think I had like 10 months or something and then the pandemic happened and, you know, we all know that there were no in-person meetings once the pandemic swept through and closed everything down. So up until March, 2020, I had depended heavily on these in-person meetings in my recovery and suddenly everything was taken away and we no longer had that. So I'll never forget the night before the big shutdown here in New York where I was sitting in church basement in Brooklyn at a meeting and we were all wondering what we were going to do without these daily check-ins or accountability because that's that's kind of the whole point of those meetings was like you see the same people you're checking in you're hearing stories they're seeing you you're like yeah okay cool like I'm being held accountable and so once that was gone when the pandemic shut everything down It was like, whoa, 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 whoa. like chicken with a head cut off. Now what? You know, like, where am I going to go? And like, what am I going to do? And it just felt really, really scary. And everyone had said, okay, we're going to take everything online. We're going to take it to Zoom. We're going to have our recovery meetings on Zoom. But for someone like me in New York, like the privacy just wasn't there. Like the whole point of going to a physical place and sitting somewhere in a basement where Everyone who hears you is part of the same program and it's not like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot more prote- protected and private versus if you're at home dialing in, someone through the walls can hear you, your roommates can hear you. It's just not the same. You can't share honestly and openly the same way. So it just threw everything out the window for me. I had to kind of start from scratch. I couldn't depend on meetings the way I had been. Um, I mean, it just, the Zoom stuff just wasn't working for me. It didn't feel the same. So sure enough, um, my recovery started to shift. It became something different. While I wasn't drinking and I was focusing on just staying sober each day, I wasn't going to pick up. I wasn't going to go to the store and buy a bottle of wine. I definitely started to see how my alcoholic 
tendencies or my character defects started to come into play. I wasn't as tethered to this like wanting to be my best self as I was when I was going to physical meetings every day. So the deeper we got into the pandemic, the worse my character flaws were. And I noticed myself kind of acting out almost like I was doing the things that I was doing as an alcoholic, but on a smaller scale and without the drinking. But it was really interesting to see. So like the pandemic kind of revealed to me like, wow, this is what happens when you don't have meetings. You start to get a little too confident in your recovery. You start to think that, you know, you're invincible. You start to think you already know all the answers. And all of these um, things that they warn you of definitely started to happen for me. And, um, you know, without getting into too many details, I watched my relationship crumble. I watched, uh, you know, some some things go down that I'm not very proud of, of things that I did. And I don't know. I just think that the pandemic really brought the worst out of my alcoholism, even though there was no alcohol present. So, you know, I just definitely wasn't my best self because I didn't have that same support group that I had before the lockdown, or I should say before the shutdown. So anyway, um, that was really hard. And I mean, there were so many days when I wanted to drink. There were so many days when I was really triggered and I was watching everybody just at home posting their stories of how they were drinking and getting through and I was thinking, okay, if I can get through this, I can get through anything. And there was a story that I read that was about, well, I mean, it's even mentioned in the big book of just how people, AA was started during um, prohibition or, or it was, I think it was actually started a little bit before that. But the point of that is, is that it was started a long time ago and there have been so many catastrophes that have happened in the world, like World War II and the Vietnam War and like all these huge, huge, huge catastrophic events where people were still in recovery, like still making it through recovery and staying sober through like freaking wars. So I was like, this is no different. I just have to like stick with it and get through the other side. And I can't wait to go back to meetings where I'm going to be able to say, yeah, I went through a whole year, stayed sober, even though I didn't have my support group. Um, but I also got creative. So instead of going to physical meetings, cause that wasn't an option during the pandemic, I watched so many YouTube videos. Oh my God. Every day, all day, I would stick on, um, recovery videos, like Ted talks about being an alcoholic or, um, just different shows that happen to touch on recovery and thing, even just watching intervention that show on A&E and just like watching other people's rock bottoms that kept me in it. That kept me fighting. That kept me seeing the dark side of this disease or this affliction that I have. And something about watching that stuff kind of kept me in it. And it felt almost like a simulation of going to meetings because it's like you're hearing stories of other people and how their lives have fallen apart from this. So that was something that kind of kept me in it. Another thing that I did would be I decided to kind of reach out. I, I, I developed my own little network of friends who are sober and I started reaching out to them, um, you know, texting every day, checking in. Hey, hey, what, how are you doing? Here's my day count. Random friends on Instagram and um, group chats on my phone, just like text groups with like girls that were all counting days together. Like, hey, guys. Today, I have this many days and just going back and forth of like, hey, I'm feeling this or hey, I'm dealing with this. And having that group to bounce off of is really, really important. And that's what they talk about in recovery with service. 
which is like the 12th step of um, the traditions, is this idea of giving back and being there for other people. So people with less time than I had, people who were trying to get sober, I would stay in touch with them. And that really helped me stay in it. And, you know, it's almost like clockwork where the second I would start to pre-meditate some kind of a relapse or come up with how I wanted to end it all and just start drinking again, um, somebody would message me, one of my recovery people, and be like, hey, just want to check in with you. Like, how many days do you have? And that really helped me stay in it because I just go, wow, okay, I I have people who will know if I bought them out. So... You know, it wasn't easy. It hasn't been easy. But having those people to check in with, even to this day, like even this morning, I'm texting with friends just being like, hey, guys, had this thought, you know, I was up all night thinking about this. And, you know, having people to bounce off of that are just like an inner circle. That's huge. So um, that said, the pandemic itself was very hard to navigate staying sober. But now it's almost like it's the roaring 20s where everything's opening back up and We've got everything coming back. The bars are thriving. Everyone's like partying because, oh my God, the pandemic is lifting. We can finally hang out. We can finally hug each other. We can finally do things. So it's hard as a sober person to wander around and see the world coming out of this shutdown and saying, wait, I'm not able to participate in this stuff. I cannot celebrate in this way with these people. It's hard. I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely like noticing, like, I want to be out and about. I want to be around people, but I'm also just like weary because I've seen my own urges come back. And I've had a few, um, I've had a few techniques that I've developed and cultivated to like get through these urges, which is showing up to these social events with, you know, a ginger ale or some kind of a diet soda or something in my hand already. So I don't have to, come up with some kind of like you know I I can have the drink in my hand I can partake in the fun and having that strategy has been really helpful as well as just checking in with with friends and stuff but it's it's not easy like I I you know I just I'm trying so hard to stay tethered to the program and I've been kind of like what they call a two-stepper meaning I'm not sponsored I don't have a sponsor right now I'm not working the steps actively with someone else I'm aware of the steps. I'm aware of the program. I check in with people, but I'm not I'm not totally in it. And that's why they call it a two-stepper because it's like I'm doing the first step and the last step. I'm doing the service aspect and I'm doing the first thing of admitting I have a problem, but I'm not <laughs> I'm not actually like really doing it and working the program the way that I know I should. Which, I don't know. I blame being a stubborn alcoholic. I blame um I blame this idea of being terminally unique of this idea that in the in recovery, a lot of us afflicted are we try to convince ourselves that we're different. We try to say that we know all the ways that it should be done and we know that we're going to be fine just doing it on our own. But at the end of the day, I know what this is called and that's called white knuckling it where you're just kind of fighting and you're not doing it the right way. So I might be sober, but um it's very different than like really working on staying sober the way that I should but that's just me being totally transparent um you know everybody's on a different path everyone's in a different place in their recovery I know that I have 796 days sober I have that I have it I have it I have it and I occasionally write that number on my arm like to prove to myself like hey I've come this far you know I've got this many days I'm so close to 800 god willing like I think I can get to that point and I have these checkpoints and you know 800 is not that far from a thousand there's just so many 
exciting checkpoints um, that I do want to hit. But I'm also being honest that this pandemic really shook me to my core. It made my sobriety tested and I, I've been trying really hard to get back on track. Uh, there are meetings that are coming back and I've made it to a few. Um, I'm trying to get back onto a better schedule with it. But um, I know that that's really important. I know I need to get back into meetings. I know I need to make that my first and foremost thing. Um, but I'm here to say that, you know, over two years sober, I still think about it. I still think about it all the time. I still think about how I want to drink. I still think about how close I am to just like flying off the wagon and going deep down that rabbit hole of drinking again. And so, you know, people always ask me, they're like, do you ever think about drinking? And I'm like, yeah, all the time. Like it's not, it's not just one and done. I'm totally fixed for life. I have to really be on top of my recovery and I have to not let little things get to me. Um, I just have to be honest with myself that it's still something that I just like, I, this is part of my, this is my disease. This is how my brain is wired. It wants to drink. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep at it. And I, if anyone else is out there is like, you know, struggling like this, I feel you like we're in this together. <laughs> it's not easy. We are alcoholics and this, this, um, affliction if not, if, if, you know, there, there, are two, there are two options. You've either, you're going to end up in jail or you're going to end up dead. And that's the way I look at it. And a, a few friends have reached out to me whenever I've had these premeditated relapse thoughts. They're like, you know what, Lucy, like you have to remember the difference between us and the ones that can drink responsibly. And, you know, there's no use in com convincing ourselves that we, are, we can be the ones that can drink responsibly. The difference between us and them is that we are the ones that end up dead. We are the ones who end up in jail if we keep on the path that we're on. And I know this about myself. My rock bottom taught me that that is a possibility if I don't get on top of it so you know I'm proud of my day count but it's also very humbling it's not some kind of like an ego thing I don't go yeah 796 days yo like I'm on it I know everything no I feel like I'm constantly um keeping myself in check I don't know everything um so yeah it's not it's not easy that's I guess the moral of the story is hey the world is opening back up there's so many temptations all around uh, we just had a freaking worldwide pandemic. Nothing has made sense for the past year and a half, but I'm just going to keep counting days and, you know, not even days, but keep counting hours and be like, hey, it's 630 right now um, in New York City and I'm going to stay sober until seven o'clock and then I'm going to stay sober till eight. And like, that's kind of how I have to break it down. But yeah, so moral of the story is. Uh, you know, it might be, it might be the roaring twenties, but for an alcoholic, we are still, still fighting the f good fight. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just, I'll be more and more excited to have meetings to jump into because gosh, I missed it so much. I missed just lunchtime every day going and sitting in a room of strangers and talking about our problems and, you know, just how to be, how to be in this world. 
So there you go. That's my show for today. This mini-sode, this mini-solo-sode um, is just a bonus episode. I can't wait to bring you the next season uh, with a new sponsor that I'll be announcing later this week. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to hit me up on Instagram, I'm at L-U-C-I-E-B-E-A-T-R-I-X. You can message me there. And until next time, just be fast. Just win. <laughs>